ask a football fan about former Seattle Seahawk, Green Bay Packer, Atlanta Falcon, and one-season Carolina Panther, Eugene Robinson, and they may talk about his 250 career games. Or they may talk about his close-to-Hall of Fame credentials with 1,250 tackles and 57 interceptions. They may talk about his nickname, The Prophet, for his work ethic and for being the spiritual leader, never missing a chance to lead the locker room in pre-game prayers. But then, they may talk about the incident. What happened in Miami the night before Super Bowl 33? The situation that's taken him years to shake. The one that he says he does not want to define him. The high-profile low. Eugene Robinson's big blunder overshadowed the Atlanta Falcons' day in the spotlight. He became the big story, not them playing in their first Super Bowl. Local 10 and Local10.com present the Florida Files. I'm Michelle Solomon, and this is Miami Super Bowls, reeling in the years, 1999, Eugene Robinson's big Biscayne Boulevard blunder. Saturday night, January 30th, 1999, the then 36-year-old Falcons Free Safety is in a rental car. He's cruising Biscayne Boulevard and stops at 22nd Street. It's 10 minutes before the team's 9 p.m. curfew. Denver's first play after the missed field goal. Elway going deep and he's got Rod Smith and Smith's gone. On the field, he's 41, but for now it's not 41, but 40, as in what he allegedly offered to pay for oral sex that has everyone in shock. Robinson's arrest threatens to overshadow one of the biggest days of his 14-year career. That's former Channel 10 reporter Elliot Cohen. A career, ironically enough, that has earned him a reputation as one of the NFL's most upstanding players. He's known for taking the lead in team prayers, leading weekly Bible study classes, and while playing for the Seahawks, was awarded Seattle Man of the Year four times. Uh, Mr. Uh, Robinson was arrested about 9 p.m. last night for soliciting one of our undercover officers. Police knew who he was, but it just did not matter. He was handcuffed briefly. Uh, once he signs the promise to appear, he was brought here to the station where the uh, general manager for the Atlanta Falcons was contacted. He responded and was released uh, to him. The next day, Super Bowl 33, there is speculation if Robinson will play in the big game. Atlanta coaches Dan Reeves comments to reporters, may have been a foreshadow. It's a personal thing. We'll handle it personally, just like a family. Robinson did play. Things didn't go well for him or his teammates that day. Sports writers and fans blamed Robinson's troubles as a distraction and a downer for the Dirty Birds. Elliot Cohen reports for Channel 10 on Sunday, just after the Super Bowl ended, with the Broncos' overwhelming win against the Falcons, 34-19. to 
That's Eugene Robinson there. He dislocated his finger. Robinson did play despite his off-the-field legal trouble. That's him, number 41 on the right. But it is the number 40, as in $40, allegedly offered for oral sex that has his family and friends more worried tonight about that than his loss in the Super Bowl. The family is very deeply concerned about the wife, the kids, and so forth. So that's about where we are, and we haven't did anything to push any issues of what's going on about anything. That was the statement Samuel Robinson, Eugene's father, gave to reporters. It wasn't just the solicitation. It was the Athletes in Action Bart Starr Award just hours before he was picked up by the cops. That's the award that goes to the player who exemplifies outstanding character and leadership in the home and the community. Robinson ended up returning that award. It was his rhetoric to reporters while in Miami a few days before the game. He was talking about the dangers of off-field distractions. Let everybody else party. Let everybody talk about the party. You go out there because when you're in practice, it's on. You better get ready. You better, you better get ready. And so I don't want nobody coming in, oh, man, I was all okay, because you're going to hear it from me. With the big game coming back to Miami for 2020, Robinson expects inquiries asking him to talk about the incident. Media usually tracks him down where there's some parallel to draw. Like in 2016, when the Carolina Panthers, who Robinson played his final 16th season with, made it to Super Bowl 50 and headed to the San Francisco Bay Area to play the Denver Broncos. Remember, that was the team the Falcons were up against when they were in Miami in 1999. Then there were more requests when the Falcons made it to Super Bowl in 2017, held in Houston. I got in touch with Robinson for this podcast. He told me he might want to talk about it. He likes to control the narrative, he said. But he needed a few days to think about it, to discuss it with his wife. A few days later, he contacted me to say he and his wife of 30 years decided against the interview. He said the couple made their decision because they, quote, didn't want to rehearse the hurts of the past and that the hurts from some 20 years ago were for that time and place. And he thanked God for the help and the healing in difficult times. He has chosen to talk about the incident in the years since 1999. He says he does it mostly as a cautionary tale. He talks to reporters just before the Carolina Panthers head to their Super Bowl in 2016. It was just to tell these guys, man, don't, don't mess this up, man. Don't, don't, don't mess this up. And I, I could be a living example. Don't mess this up. Did you tell them about? Did you tell them about the day after? You, oh yeah, I, when, I, facing your teammates. No, this is what I told them. I said I cried all night, dude. I cried all night. I've shared my story with different church groups and things of that nature, uh, kind of advancing the gospel. But yeah, it was painful, man. I, I cried. I cried the entire night that, that night. In a 2017 interview with WCNC Charlotte, where he is on air as a co-host for the station's Charlotte Today show, Robinson speaks again of his regrets. I don't think that's what's going to define me, and I refuse in my case. I made plenty of mistakes in that one huge colossal mistake. It was embarrassing and it was irresponsible, knucklehead, stupid, and the only person I have to blame is me. Look no further, it's just me. If you want the story that to be, be that you lost to the different Broncos, that's a better story than be the story that I had that 
I got arrested. Robinson lives with his wife Gia in Charlotte, where for the past 18 years he's been a football, wrestling, and track coach at a private Christian school. He has two adult kids. After 17 seasons with the Carolina Panthers as their radio color analyst, which he started in 2002, his contract wasn't renewed in 2019. There are some that say that the 1999 Super Bowl in Miami was the worst Super Bowl in history. It was also history-making for coach Dan Reeves, who became the fourth head coach to lose four Super Bowls. After the terrible showing by the Falcons, a Chicago Tribune writer offered coach Dan Reeves some quote-unquote unsolicited advice. He wrote, what Robinson did to his team late Saturday night called only for tough love and whatever chance the Falcons had to win was lost before kickoff. Robinson has said he takes full responsibility for his actions. It is known he wasn't the only one out in the town that night. Elliot Cohen reports for Channel 10. This is the corner where it took place, 22nd in Biscayne. The undercover officers come racing this way up 22nd when they're given the signal. Now, of the 25 people that were arrested last night, most of them, just like Robinson, were let go as soon as they were booked. I don't believe he requested any special treatment nor was uh, any offer. A story two days after the Falcons' loss and the Broncos' big win, the New York Times interviewed Robinson's teammates. Anonymously, they said they knew of at least five other players who visited Biscayne Boulevard that same night. The players said Robinson had heard from teammates about the area, and he wanted to see it for himself. Yes, he wasn't the only one that night, but he was the prophet, a big league player in a seedy part of Miami, in the wrong place at the worst time. And he got caught. And to hear the word solicitation is still painful for me. And, and I got to call it what it is. I, yeah. You know, I call it what it is. I don't try to sugarcoat it. I don't try to go ahead and say, you know, look, man, this is, this is just me. It is. It is what it is. And that's what it is. It's called solicitation. That's what it was. You know, and I'm like, how did I get way over here? When I was way over here, how did you get so far over there? Well, it's easy to lose your way when you're selfish and when you're thinking about yourself, and that's the only thing that you're thinking about. And that's what I did. Find more Florida Files, Miami Super Bowl reeling in the years on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Radio Public, and anywhere your favorite podcasts can be found. Are you a fan of the Florida Files? Tell us what you love about the series on Apple Podcasts and join other fans in leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts.